Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast, a podcast dedicated to those living with CRPS and designed to provide hope and empower you to reach your goals and your dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Patterson. Join me weekly where we will be discussing CRPS, sharing personal stories, and even talking with guests. Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast. This is Dr. Tracy Patterson, and I'm your host. I'm so glad that you're able to join me. On today's podcast, I'll be discussing the impacts of stress and anxiety on CRPS. The impact and implications and what we can do to manage these areas. So let's jump on in. Now myself, like most other CRPS patients, I was fiercely independent before CRPS. I could juggle dozens of different things and take on most problems and even find a way of solving them on my own. Now people would have described me as strong, resilient, tenacious, stoic, and the problem solver who took care of others. Now, following my foot and ankle surgery, that changed. I assumed going into that particular surgery that it'd hold the answers and I'd be able to bounce back to my old self. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. The unrelenting pain, frustration, stress, and even anxiety turned into fear because my pain just wasn't letting up. It was unlike anything else I had ever experienced in my life, excruciating even to the lightest of touches. Now, uncertainty and lack of understanding about what was going on in my body could have made it really easy for me to lose hope. But with the encouragement of my family and friends and through the depth and even the strength of my faith, I knew I had to continue my search for answers as I didn't want to live in fear for the rest of my life. Hope and despair are two opposing emotions and there can be a struggle between them at times, especially the moments of pain in our day-to-day life dealing with CRPS. They're either going to lead to hope or to despair. Now, hope requires action and directional movement towards the future. It's not static by any means. And hope focuses on recovery. Essentially, it's seeing little threads of light in that dark tunnel that are going to help us move forward. Despair, on the other hand, is shaped by our pain, limitations, dependency, worry, and fear. Hopelessness is ultimately the result of despair, and it's the end of the process of giving up and essentially losing that future perspective. When we're dealing with chronic pain, especially CRPS, the feeling of hope and despair can alternate depending on where we're at, what we're doing, and how we're feeling. Now, hope may be present at the beginning and then wane as time goes on. And if you give in completely to despair, you arrive at hopelessness. 
but if you can hold on to hope, you can survive and even thrive during the most difficult days. And I was trying to hold on to hope myself as the weeks continued to pass. I was holding on to hope that I could find some answers. Now, I will never forget that first appointment with my pain management doctor when I was formally diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome. I really felt that there would be an obvious treatment going into that appointment and not knowing exactly what my diagnosis was. I really felt that I'd be able to recover quickly as my body done in the past. But soon I learned from my doctor that there was no single treatment of choice. Hearing the bad news from my pain management doctor and being told in a fleeting moment, I'm sorry to say you have a diagnosis called complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS. It's considered a rare and curable disease. I don't have a lot of information on it, so you may want to look it up. I was told that they caught it early and they were hopeful that I'd get into remission in the next six months, but what did that mean to me at that moment in time? My head was spinning, leaving that appointment. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. I had a ton of questions and no answers. I started my own research as soon as I got home and discovered very quickly that CRPS is a poorly understood diagnosis. And there's no clear-cut treatment regimen, at least not at that time. No clear path forward. As time went on, I had to wonder how was this possible? In the 21st century, how was it possible to have a diagnosis that had so little information, research, or emphasis on it? And at times, I felt like I was in this crazy dream that just wouldn't stop. Now, I became deeply demoralized at times and even depressed at other times. I know I was irritable, I was impatient and overwhelmed. And there were times that I had begun to really doubt my sanity. How could this be happening to me? How could my body not bounce back? How could my body let me down like this? Over time, I lost my love for life and desire to do specific things. I began to feel that any time I attempted to do something normal, like clean a house, do the laundry, anything of that nature, I paid that heavy price resulting in a flare. My life had essentially been turned upside down by CRPS, but I knew in the deepest level of my body that there had to be a way of salvaging my old self from this train wreck of CRPS. One thing I learned over my own personal journey with CRPS is stress can and will exacerbate CRPS pain. It's an often overlooked element of chronic pain, especially CRPS, but yet it is an enormous piece because stress comes with it. Now stress is our automatic physical response to almost any demand that we encounter. And that will put us up into fight 
and flight, that fight and flight response, and that stress reaction that can be tied to both little and small demands alike. A morning alarm clock going off, a looming deadline, a change of plans, a family crisis, or the stress of an upcoming exam at school. All of these remain and can cause that same response of stress in the body. All stress can be part of our daily life. But the problem is, is when it increases, it continues to rev up our bodies until our body thinks it's ready to go do battle. It's back up here in fight and flight. And that's when stress can become dangerous, when the body becomes accustomed to an unusual level of stress and it stops noticing the muscle tension, the heightened anxiety, they go hand in hand. Then we hit that stress overload, that breaking point, essentially that straw that breaks the camel's back, so to say. And the response in our body, that physical response to this type of stress can remain any range of different things from headaches to panic attacks, digestive issues, aches and pains above and beyond, CRPS, and even a drop in the immune system that can increase our susceptibility to other illnesses. Because the overall stress in our body coupled with the CRPS becomes too much. Now I know for a fact that stress can cause pain and pain can cause stress. So which comes first, the horse or the cart, the chicken or the egg? Life is full of stress, especially in the society we live in, the world we live in together. Now most people function at their maximum tolerance to that specific stress. But then along comes this diagnosis of CRPS. CRPS is particularly a huge stressor because there's no clear-cut response. In addition to this extra stress that comes with this diagnosis, couple in the pain that makes dealing with these unusual demands even more difficult and sometimes feeling like it's impossible. And as a result, that stress overload is common for most people diagnosed with CRPS. Now, when we look at the typical symptoms that include an increase in anxiety, there are many different connections, even with depression. People feel socially withdrawn, they're isolated, they're irritable. We have a lack or loss of interest in a specific area. Sometimes it's poor concentration, lack of energy, sadness. It can be any range of emotion that comes with it. And think about this. Once a person receives a diagnosis, a CRPS, they've already been on that painful journey of testing and medications and treatments and doctor's visits. For many, an illness or a diagnosis can actually add clarity or understanding to what's going on in the body, how to fix it or treat it. Unfortunately, that's not the case with CRPS. 
For many people, CRPS feels like a life sentence rather than a diagnosis because it's impressed upon us that there's no cure and there's no definitive consensus even on how to treat it. So there are many unknowns when it comes to CRPS. Now, there are even a few doctors out there that refuse to treat it, and they're just going to shuffle you on to that next stock. So rather than finding it helpful, a lot of CRPS patients that are diagnosed with it get a sense of that helplessness and that hopelessness, which are critical components that in turn can lead to depression. That endless struggle with pain can obscure that sense of who we actually are. And it's difficult to recognize sometimes that sad, grumpy, withdrawn person is the same person that we used to be. The reality is we're going to have some stress in life. We all do. Even people that don't have CRPS, it's normal. And one of the best things that we can do is learn to manage that stress even when we can't control the source of it. Now, some stress can be good. It can be a challenge that keeps us alert, motivated, or ready to avoid danger, so to say. But too much stress can increase or worsen certain symptoms, such as pain, CRPS. Stress can also lead to emotional issues, depression, panic attacks, other forms of anxiety, and even worry and fear. And it's not the stress itself that's the problem, it's how our body responds to that stress. Because stress can be any change in the environment that requires the body to react, to adapt to a specific response, physically, mentally, or even emotionally. Now, as we discuss anxiety and stress, there's the connection to pain. And then, of course, there's the connection with the brain, that brain-pain connection. So how does that affect us as a whole? How does it affect our body? There's a relationship between anxiety and chronic pain and or CRPS that goes deeper than a response to just the pain because it exists in our very circuitry between the brain and the body. Now, researchers a long time ago thought that pain, anxiety, and depression were related due to psychological factors. But now we know more about how the brain works and how the nervous system interacts with all the parts of the body. And through newer research, we've discovered that pain shares biological mechanisms with anxiety and depression. And as research have learned more about the brain and how the nervous system interact with each other, they've discovered that pain shares the biological mechanisms with anxiety and depression and that offers that piece of hope for various new treatments they can both address physical and mental aspects of chronic pain. Now, looking at the human body is designed to experience stress and then react to it. But keep in mind, stress can be positive, such as getting a job promotion, taking on more responsibility, 
or jumping onto that roller coaster and feeling the pounding of our heart with that first drop. But stress can also be negative. When a person faces continuous challenges without relief, and as a result, the person becomes overworked and a stress-related tension will build, thus exacerbating CRPS. Distress can lead to an increase of physical symptoms. Again, reflecting back on research, research suggests that stress can also bring on or worsen certain symptoms, certain types of pain and it's been proven to decrease the immune system, which can lead to other issues physically, mentally, and emotionally as a response in the body. So when stress leads to anxiety, which then in turn can lead to depression, but that's not always the case. So when anxiety increases, it can change our breathing. The more anxious we are, we get closer to a panic attack, and then you're gonna notice that your breathing becomes short and shallow. And that increase with that short and shallow breath, the increases the concentration of carbon dioxide in the body versus oxygen in the bloodstream. That in turn can constrict blood vessels, thus affecting temperature regulation, cold and or tingling sensations in our hands and feet. It also increase our heart rate. Now, these are all functions of that autonomic nervous system, and it's all tied into the limbic system, which is a specific area in the brain that in turn ties in to the pain cycle. Keeping in mind, the CRPS is a dysregulation in the autonomic system because the body's pushed up into that sympathetic overload with fight and flight, and it's all perpetuated by the area in the brain called the limbic system. Now, hopefully you're starting to see the tie between all of this. The body's response to stress and anxiety will increase adrenaline in the bloodstream and that triggers the body's fight and flight response. So again, one step further up with fight and flight. In some cases it can cause or lead to that dysregulation of the blood flow and that can cause tingling and temperature dysregulation also. And that is gonna lead to worry, which leads to fear, which also perpetuates another loop going on in the limbic system. And worrying is gonna increase anxiety. And that increase in anxiety is gonna add to an increase in circulation issues in the vascular system creating another loop. And then in the long run, having a larger impact on the autonomic system and the limbic system and our pain. So the bottom line is stress and anxiety are gonna throw the body into overdrive, into fight and flight all by themselves. Now add in CRPS, which is sympathetically mediated pain driven by fright fight and flight. Therefore, stress and anxiety are gonna have a direct impact on the pain levels. And the majority of CRPS or chronic pain patients, when they think about that, are gonna say, yeah, that is the case. Now it's a matter of what do we do to lessen 
the body's response? How do we know what our triggers are that are going to lead to stress and anxiety? Now we can put in place different things or tools that we can use that are going to help us manage these areas, the areas of stress and anxiety. But first of all, you need to know what your triggers are. And triggers can be any number of things. It can be a person, a place, an event, a circumstance. And yes, CRPS is probably one of the largest triggers that's out there. But then there are the other triggers that we deal with on a daily basis. So once we know what the triggers are, then we can set in place tools or things to lessen the impact of the trigger on our body. Now, one of the things that can be very advantageous to help calm stress and anxiety are what they call acupressure points. Now, we have various acupressure points in different areas of our body. You can even use acupressure points in a sequence to calm stress and calm anxiety. Now, keep in mind that not all acupressure points will work for each person, especially when it comes to CRPS. So it's about finding the ones that you can use if possible. So when you feel a little stress, you feel your anxiety creeping in, the pain or discomfort climbing too high, these are ways that you can start calming that down. Now you can use one of these points or you can use a sequence of these together. So some acupressure points can include an area right between the eyebrows known as the third eye. Now using your left hand, you can gently press on the area between the eyebrows and breathe gently. And using your other hand, you can find the center of the breastbone, feel a little dip or a hollow right there. And that's another acupressure point called the Sea of Tranquility. Now move your left hand between your nose and your mouth, the top part of your lip right there in that dip, and press gently. And that's another acupressure point. Finally, using your thumb, locate an area on the inside of the wrist, just beneath the pinky or that little finger, feel for a small dip or a hollow right there. Now you can press this acupressure point for up to two minutes and even swap hands repeating that for two minutes on the other side. These are all acupressure points that can have that powerful calming response when it comes to stress and or anxiety in the body. Now some of the other things that you can do easily no matter where you're at one, hold something in your hands. It's a technique that's used when we hold something in our hands to shift our focus, to bring our awareness to that texture, and that can in turn balance the mind back into the center, calming and decreasing stress. Even someone using their house keys, they run their finger along the key and that sensation is a grounding mechanism for them. So the brain will shift from racing or catastrophic thought back to the center once again. Another thing that you can utilize is hugging a pillow. 
when anxiety takes over, it's hard to soothe ourselves or to ease that down on our own, especially when those pain gates have opened and we've got maximum flow, then add in stress and anxiety and things can be overwhelming. So the simple act of holding a pillow, it's like hugging someone who cares and can have that significant effect on the body. Another grounding technique, a simple one that you can do no matter where you're at or what you're doing, is a five, four, three, two, one grounding technique. Now this technique is all about the details in your surroundings and you're using all of your senses. So take a moment and all you're doing is making a mental list of each of these things and consciously reminding yourself to notice the small details. So five, what are five things you can see? What are four things that you could feel if you touch them? What are three things you could hear in your surroundings? What are two things you could smell? And what is one thing that you could taste? That's a simple five, four, three, two, one grounding technique. Now, one of the other things that we can dip into is listening to soothing sounds. It can be water, it could be rain, it could be anything in nature. Now, anxiety seems to start with something out there, but the reality is anxiety is very much inside the body, in the brain. So that's a good place to start if you want to learn how to start taming stress and anxiety, because the brain can be retrained, and that's all part of neuroplasticity. Anxiety is mediated by that brain center and right there in the center is an area called the amygdala. And the amygdala is where the sensory inputs from the environment are processed. It also connects to long-term memory, which helps with great detection. But the brain is a bottom-up system, which means that feelings tend to drive our thoughts rather than the other way around. The amygdala is part of that limbic system we talked about earlier. And remember, the limbic system is what perpetuates the pain loop. So it's literally all tied together. Now, one of the most effective ways to neutralize stress and anxiety is to stimulate that lower sensing part of the brain. And that's why many people will find sounds such as waves on a beach, rain, any type of a waterfall, they find them soothing. And they're appealing because it's directly affecting that lower region of the brain. So by listening to ocean or a deep forest or a rainforest, a waterfall, any of these things, we can make that shift. And they're all readily available through an app or an MP3 or on the internet or on YouTube. All of these things can help calm and soothe stress and even anxiety. Now, the next one is a breath work. A diaphragmic breath, a belly breath, an abdominal breath are all one and the same. A diaphragmic breath or diaphragmic breathing and other breathing techniques can be a very great tool when it comes to balancing and healing and slowing down stress and anxiety. It's like an anchor in the midst of an emotional storm and that anchor won't let the storm blow you out. 
It'll help you hold steady until it passes. So learning some of these techniques, such as a diaphragmic breath, also called the belly breath or four square breath or an abdominal breath, is a good way to minimize stress or anxiety and it has that soothing effect even on our discomfort or our pain. Now diaphragmic breathing not only calms the body, but it in turn calms the mind. So when we start to feel anxious or stress taking over, an abdominal breath is a great way of doing it. So just follow along for a second. Simply start with an in-breath for a count of three through the nose. Then hold the breath for a count of three. Finally, exhaling through the mouth for a count of six. Now with taking that breath, you should feel the diaphragm dropping the abdominal region, going up a little bit with that in-breath. And as you're exhaling, exhaling easily and completely. If for some reason that 336 is difficult, you can even try an alternate breath of an in-breath of two, a hold for two, and an out-breath for a count of four. Find the breath that's comfortable for you. Now this breath will help instigate the body's relaxation process, but it's gonna come with consistency, with repetition. And you can do this anytime and anywhere. Now anyone that's had CRPS or any form of chronic pain knows that you finally reached that point. It feels like it's pushing you over the edge, that point of panic where the pain gates open up, our stress levels are high, and we feel that things are nearly impossible to slow down. And although each of us is gonna vary to different extents, but you'll notice the heart pumping rapidly, the breathing changing, sometimes to that short, shallow breath. So some of the things we can do in this situation is one, recognize what's happening. Two, try not to panic, but instead simply focus on your breath. Three, taking those deep breaths, maybe a diaphragmic breath, an abdominal breath, just breathing in for three, putting that hold in there for three, and then exhaling for a count of six. That's actually activating that parasympathetic side of the nervous system helping the body to balance and calm. Now you can also let all the things start disappearing, the stresses, as you just focus on a simple in-breath and an out-breath, even closing the eyes and visualizing a beautiful vast blue sky, that sun just shining down and feeling at peace, feeling one with that time as you continue to breathe gently. And as you do on the inhale, say to yourself, just breathing in calmness. On the exhale, you can say, I exhale fear or I exhale tension. And any thoughts that may try and hamper that experience, just see them as thoughts passing on a cloud, just floating off the horizon, just like clouds do. And you can even fuse in the acupressure points or sequences, different types of breath work 
and different soothing sounds that'll help benefit you. So what about overthinking stress and anxiety? Negative thoughts are gonna worsen our stress and our anxiety, but it's not so simple, so to say. Especially living with CRPS, it's complicated, it's stressful, and of course it's painful. And a natural human response to stress is to think of our options, circumstances, and situations that the future might hold or the solutions that might be there. That's something that we instinctually do. Yet, when our thinking takes over, it becomes its own source of stress and anxiety and an increase in pain. So you're going to have to find the time, the place, the tools to minimize those triggers. Now, pain will lead to worry, and worry often goes hand in hand with pain. So the more we pay attention or we're hyper-focused on our pain, the more likely we are to have thoughts that are frightening, worrisome, fearful. I'm not saying ignore your pain because that is impossible with CRPS. But what I am saying is be aware of your words and understand that words have meaning even to us as an individual. Now I love this analogy and this quote that I've seen online. It says anxiety is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you very far. And that's so true. Now, some of the things that you can do to help with anxiety is create a list of comforting phrases or affirmations, positive suggestions, anything that'll calm you. Sometimes we have to use our own internal dialogue. So even a broken record about fears and all the two real concerns can pop up. For instance, you may have a thought that you can't just let go but you can test that thought for the truth and then replace the thought with something more supportive, something more refreshing. And if you find these other tools being able to help, layer them in to be able to give you the best results possible. It's important to remember that scary negative thoughts, they're not providing a solution and in the long run, they're only to make you feel worse. Problem solving and planning are some of the most helpful things. Now we can't simply pretend that we don't have pain or wish our fears away. It just doesn't work that way. But the reality is we can start taking control of the fearful thoughts and the things that are going on. So with practice, you can learn to recognize the negatives, recognize thought patterns that are not a solution and start changing those so that you can start taking control. Now be aware that CRPS, it's that oxymoron because we're striving to keep our life as stress-free as possible, but yet stress is a big component of CRPS. The more stress we have, the more anxiety are increased, and then the more our body's pain levels increase. Last but not least, important to show self-compassion to give yourself grace. And that's something I'm always working on. Of course, sometimes our symptoms can feel overwhelming and leave us with little but to just weather the storm 
or even the possible endooming flare. But remember, even the toughest times, it's vital to be kind to yourself, to be gentle to yourself. Remember, it's okay to say no when you don't feel up to it. It's also okay to say yes when you do feel up to it. It's important to communicate with your friends, your family members, your loved ones. Because when pain is constant, it's felt within every square inch of the body. And be able to express yourself creatively. Find things that are going to allow you that self-expression. For some people, it could be journaling, expressing our pain through art, whether photography, painting, drawing, poetry. There's a ton of different things that you can do. And then seek out and spend time with something positive, something uplifting. That can be as simple as thinking about a time in your past when you felt your best. It could be spending time with a friend or a family member, finding those times that simply feel good to you. And be able to put that creativity in place where it will benefit each and every one of you. And one of the last things that I want to talk to you about is medication for anxiety and stress. That's never the first go-to with any individual dealing with it. But there's some individuals that that is how they're getting relief. They're getting more relief because of medications they're taking for stress and anxiety. I'm not saying the medications have a direct effect on the pain. What I am saying is taking out those triggers, lessening the low distress and anxiety will automatically help decrease the discomfort, the pain. And that's just the way things work. But I always encourage you to discuss any treatment option with your treating physician, whether it's a medication or procedure, whether it's a surgery, whether it is a specific chronic pain program. And I know it's impossible to implement strategies and techniques all the time that are going to lessen the impact of stress and anxiety over your overall pain. But I hope that this episode of The Healing Hub will provide you with some new insight, perhaps some new resources that are going to help you in your journey with CRPS and chronic pain. I also want you to know, regardless of what anyone has said to you, CRPS can be conquered. It is possible to thrive again, and I want you to know that healing is possible in your body too. Because your body, just like mine, it's intrinsically designed to recover and repair. Sometimes we just need to give it a little bit of help. So if you find some of the resources and information in this episode helpful, now sometimes it requires stepping outside the box to find that one thing that's really going to help you. And I hope that the Healing Hub podcast has brought you some positive resources and information in this episode. And we brought you a little ray of sunshine and hope. Remember, together we can make a difference. And thank you again for joining us today on the Healing Hub Podcast. 